This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Heather and I love Minnesota. It's got to start with, first of all, you got to be really happy where you live, right? Because you, you, can, you can do two things. You can make a living or you can make a life. And most coaches go somewhere and they just live there. They're making a living because – they're always looking for their next job, or perhaps it's not a right, it's not a great fit, right? Or they don't like the place they live, and they sacrifice that just based on the job. At the University of Minnesota, it's a it's a complete package uh, for Heather and I. Row the boat, Scotty Ma, go Gophers. PJ Fleck there t- talking about um, his his thoughts on uh, obviously coaching the Gophers and having become a uh, staple, I would say, of the community here during his time. Welcome into Mackie and Judd. It is uh, Phil out again today. So it's Judd, Declan producing. And uh, we're going to get to a write that down today. We're going to get to a wrapping with uh, our guy, Patrick Royce. But we start in the perfect place for that PJ Flex soundbite to be played. We start with an extended scoop with our guy, Doogie. Hi, Darren. What's going on, man? Good morning, gentlemen. Happy almost New Year. Happy hump day. Exactly right. All right. So, uh Pelissero, our buddy, reports today via Twitter that uh, Fleck is drawing interest from National Football League teams or a team, which obviously uh, piques our curiosity. What are you hearing and uh, what do you know about the potential for at least PJ to get a sit down with a team to talk about an opening? Here's what I know. His buyout goes down significantly here at some point here pretty quick once the calendar flips to 2021. Right now, I wish I had the contract in front of me. I believe it's around $10 million. The buyout goes down significantly. It goes down over half. It goes mm-hmm. down to $4.5 million here pretty quick. I also know, connecting some logical dots, that his agent is Brian Harlan, longtime Chicago Bears employee, Kevin Harlan's brother, <laughs> Dad Judd worked for the Green Bay Packers, correct? President, Bob Harlan, great guy. Yes, sir. President at one time. Brian Harlan has a number of clients that work for NFL franchises. In fact, he represents Vikings assistant general manager, George Payton. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is Brian Harlan is in constant contact with NFL personnel. So Brian, I'm sure, has put out some feelers just to see if anybody might take the bait. The one team that makes a lot of sense is the Detroit Lions. Now, Declan, if you want to cue up the, the reckless speculation 
Sounder, go for it. Speculation. But I'm just saying, if you want to start connecting, keep connecting these these logical dots. Mm-hmm. All right. Detroit has talked about wanting to change. What's the popular buzzword in sports right now? It's culture. culture. PJ with his family <laughs> situation. I don't think is going to ever be tempted by a job as long as his kids are are of elementary school age. I don't think he is going to be tempted by a job that takes him far away from his kids. So I don't think PJ is going west. I don't think he's going south. He's got footprints in the state of Michigan. Michigan, last time I checked, is in the Midwest. It would keep him close to his kids, close enough, you know, quick, you know, flight or or if need be, even an, even a car ride. Sure. And Detroit recently hired Chris Spielman. Chris Spielman is, of course, Rick Spielman's brother. Mm-hmm. Rick Spielman's son, J.D., was just recruited by P.J. Fleck. When he left Nebraska, ultimately landed at TCU. But I can promise you, the Spielman family built up a nice bond with P.J. Fleck. I think it's inevitable that Chris and Rick have talked and that the name P.J. Fleck has come up. So you start you start just thinking about all of it. Now, do I think if I had to bet right now, Judd, here on December 30th, Wednesday morning, that P.J. Fleck is getting the Detroit Lions job, I would still be surprised. I think P.J. Fleck is the Gophers coach in 2021. But do I think it might make some sense for him to take the interview just to learn about what that process is like? Sure. Yeah, I absolutely could see something like that. We could also debate, Judd, whether his shtick would work in the That's what I was going to say, Dukes. I don't think it would. I really don't. I I think it it probably works really well with kids, and it probably works really well in in the recruiting process. Uh, But, boy, Dukes, if you're talking about, you know, a 29-year-old, 30-year-old veteran player who's sort of hardened to life in the National Football League, um, I don't know. I I would compare it to what uh, Holtz did in, I believe it was, if I'm not mistaken, Dukes, 1977, when Holtz took the New York Jets coaching job, and I think he lasted like 12 games or 14 games, and then basically I think was fired slash quit. Um, PJ seems to me to be college-wise in, in the ideal environment. I just don't think an entire team of professionals and grown men would buy into that for long. Now, now you, we are seeing – in fairness to PJ, more guys like that. I, I think a guy like McVeigh with the Rams is very optimistic and has some buzzwords and stuff. But Fleck seems to me to be Dukes that next step. So I would have some real reservations if PJ Fleck's act would work in the National Football League. Yeah, well, you bring up McVeigh. McVeigh and Fleck have a nice relationship. I do think there's something to be said about. You know, you talk about the shtick, Judd. What about just his in-game management? Oh. You know, scheme-wise. Well, look at Zim, though, right? dude. The X's and O's. Is P.J. Fleck ready for that challenge? Now, you could argue, hey, you hire the right staff. Yeah. You know, you don't need to be heavily involved in a lot of that stuff. But I still think as the head coach, you need to be involved somewhat. You know, so I think we can debate that part of it, too, that he still has a long way to go as an actual coach. Now, as a manager of people being able to connect with individuals. Judd, I actually think he could connect with with a bunch of 28 and 29-year-olds. And Detroit's got enough guys that are second, third, fourth-year guys that are, you know, closer to 23 or 24. I think he would be okay managing 
a lot of those egos. I do. I just think he's got this, this way about him where that could work. But I sincerely wonder about just him as an actual coach, whether that would translate to the National Football League. And, and if uh, it indeed is the Lions job, Dukes, my God. Like at some point in time, I, I would just take a hard pass and say, that's like the one job. I, I, until they prove that they're, to go back to the buzzword that you used, until the Detroit Lions prove that from the top that the culture has been changed, I want no part. Because I really think when, when you see a, a systemic problem like a team like Detroit has, to me, that's not a coach problem necessarily. That's not a player problem. That's a problem that starts with the people that own that team and, and how they go about their business. So if I was going to be the guy that stepped in and said, okay, I think I've got a chance to end this, I would need to be assured that there were checks and balances in place that probably have not been in place with the Lions for, seriously, 35, 40 years. Yeah, I mean, I think if we were ranking like the desire level of, of these NFL openings, at this point, isn't Detroit rock bottom? Like you'd rather, even with even yeah. with the draft picks gone, you have Deshaun Watson in Houston. I think you would take the Houston job over Detroit. Jacksonville is about to have the number one pick. You would take the Jacksonville job over Detroit. I still think you would take Atlanta over Detroit. Now, maybe you wouldn't take the Jets. I imagine come Black Monday on Monday that Adam Gaze will get fired. So I guess you mm-hmm. could debate that you would take the Detroit job over the Jets job. But yeah, I mean, otherwise, it's it's not a real appealing job. Now, is there something to be said, Judd, about the bar is so low that if you merely do anything, they literally will, will build a statue of you? Although I guess the comeback to that would be Jim Caldwell did that, and he inevitably got fired. Yeah. You know, so I guess that goes back to 30 and 40 years of, of just, you know, systematic just failures with, with the Ford ownership group. Yeah. Uh, just to, to be a skeptic here, is this in any way uh, on PJ's part or his agent's part, do you think a play to go back to the golfers and try and get more? Because I there's no, no way coming out of a pandemic that I see them doing that. But my skeptical nature always tells me that when you start to be like, hey, I could go talk to the Detroit Lions, that that is ultimately a play to try and get your contract up at least a little bit. I think him and Brian are too smart. I don't think they do that. I mean, PJ and Mark Coyle are in lockstep. I have a hard time believing that PJ would give Brian the green light to go to Mark and say, you know what? What I'm making right now isn't enough. I need another raise. I mean, he's got four raises already. I just, during this pandemic, when you see, you know, the sports being cut at the U, you know, with, with multiple employees taking pretty significant pay cuts, I have a hard time believing that PJ would go to his agent and say, hey, go to Mark Coyle. Let's renegotiate this thing. I would be floored. All right, Doogie, you have to tell me. So Saturday night, I watched the Wolves-Jazz game. I was very excited. Cat clearly got hurt, and that changed things. But does Carl Anthony Towns, I understand he's the Wolves star, okay, to be clear here. And I understand that without him, it gets far more difficult to win basketball games. So I will give you that. All right. But giving you that, I have one simple question. Does that justify (laughs) playing the Lakers and getting beat by 36 and I think being down by 42 and then 
two nights after that to play a Clippers team without Kawhi, and you get beat 124-101. And I believe in that game, you're down by 30 or so at various points. Is there any way to justify what we've seen in these past two games, even with Carl not playing? There is no way to justify the performance of the last two games. Let's not forget that Anthony Davis didn't play on Sunday. So you can talk all you want about Carl Anthony Towns not playing. The Lakers were down Davis. The Clippers last night were down Kawhi Leonard. That being said, I can argue that the Lakers and the Clippers are the two best teams in the league. That the schedule is going to ease up here, and it will as soon as Friday night when they play the winless Washington Wizards. I do think Cat is that much of a difference maker, that both games would have been a lot more competitive, that he is their alpha. You can debate all you want about D'Angelo Russell being a shot maker, a shot creator. D'Angelo Russell doesn't make his teammates better. The defense still isn't there. D'Angelo Russell is not a 1A on any even, you know, average team, let alone good team. In fact, I think D'Angelo Russell is more like the third or fourth best player on a good team. So the Wolves still have all sorts of roster work to do. Or just hope that Anthony Edwards keeps getting better and better and he can eventually trump Russell where Russell doesn't need to be that that second star because I don't see it with with D'Lo as a second star. I also think Josh Okogie's perimeter defense last night was missed. You look at all the three-point shots that the Clippers made. But yeah, I mean, last night, you know, post-game, Ryan Saunders is talking about, you know, guys on defense were switching when they weren't supposed to switch. Yeah. I saw Ryan light up Nas Reed at one point. It's very rare, at least in a public setting, to see Ryan, you know, get that upset. Now, I've said for a while, he has to coach these guys harder, has to hold them accountable for the Wolves to take any sort of step this year. But I wasn't expecting to see it, you know, four games in, where we're right there on the sidelines. He is just lighting up a player. Ricky Rubio post game. Judd, did you see his quotes? Yeah, he, yes, he definitely lit up his teammates. I mean, he said they are worse than two and two. So he was asked about, hey, tough stretch here, four-game stretch to start the season. He said they're worse than two and two, which I understand where he's coming from because in many ways they they were very fortunate to win the opener against Detroit. And it's just unfortunate because, like, we see right now the Warriors don't look all that great. John Morant of the Grizzlies is out a minimum of three weeks, potentially five weeks, maybe more. Like, why not try to stockpile some wins right now? Maybe not in L.A., but but in the next few weeks, try to stockpile some wins to create some separation because I still struggle, Judd, to come up with their path where they are in the top ten. That means five teams in the West. The last time I checked, 15 teams in the West. Yep. Who are the five teams that don't make the playoffs? Really, who are the five? Like, Sacramento looks pretty good right now. And I don't want to fall in the trap of of four-game sample size because last time I checked, the Wolves started last year. Weren't they 13-8 and Yeah, 21 games? Yes, they were. They got to a good start. They did, and you froze briefly, so hopefully you still have me okay. Yep. But, yeah, the Wolves got off to a really good start last year then had multiple double-digit losing streaks. Yes. So I'm well aware of, of what could still happen. But this is a 72, not an 82-game season. So there's a little bit more of, of the sprint factor, you know, to, to find a path to that top 10. So now is the time 
to, to gain some victories or at least be competitive, show something on, on tape. And we don't know when Cat will be back. I don't think he's back as soon as next week, Judd. It still might be a couple weeks. I think he's back at some point in January. Same with Okogie. I think there's a better chance it's more like, you know, 7 to 10 to 14 to 18 days versus Okogie being back as soon as Friday. So they are going to have to figure it out. Personally, what I would do, I would bring back Rondé Hollis Jefferson. In fact, I would have brought him back on Monday morning. They have the open roster spot, but they just don't want to do it right now. And why not? They want the flexibility. They're pretty up against the the luxury tax line where if you brought back Rondé, you just you have very little wiggle room. But to me, Rondé Hollis Jefferson is good enough right now to be their starting power forward. Yeah, I agree it's with that. It's not Juancho Hernan Gomez. Juancho Hernan Gomez looks horrible yes. right now. And I'll give him some time. He missed the bubble because he was filming that movie, which he committed to before he knew the dates of the bubble. So I'm not mad at Wancho, but but he looks out of shape. His shot looks off. It looks like he's – and Jim Peterson was talking about this on the on the telecast last night, that, that his mechanics just look off. And if he's not making shots, it's not like you have Hernan Gomez out there for his, for his excellent defense – or his energy. I yep. mean, you have him out there because he can make some shots. So if he can't make shots, he's of no value to you. So right now, Rondé Hollis Jefferson is better than any power forward they have on their roster. Thankfully, Jared Vanderbilt, you know, showed some progress last night. I'm okay if Vanderbilt gets some minutes on Friday. Is he, he going to play more now? Because, I mean, Jake's been, for the most part, a mess. To your point, Wancho's been a mess. Uh Right now, that power forward spot is nothing. Like, it's it's just this, you know, they're trying different guys. At, at least Jared's got length. He's got, you know, athletic ability. He, they just need some type of spark from there. And they don't ha- have that. And and you're exactly right. I mean, Hernan Gomez looks absolutely lost, and he looks awful. And the other problem with him, too, Dukes, I, I think, is w- when he does get in, he won't stop trying to get out of a shooting slump, even though he can't shoot right now. It's maddening to watch. Which, you know what? I mean, that's why he is in the game. So I guess I'm not upset that he's trying to find his his shooting touch. But if he's not in, in peak basketball shape, you know, and, and you need your legs, clearly, yeah. when, when, when shooting from long distance especially, yeah. if he doesn't have his legs right now, yeah, there is something to be said about stop shooting. Uh, but yeah, he likes he likes to have a, a quick trigger. I do think it's it's fluid the lineup, Judd. So yes, can I see a scenario where where Vanderbilt gets meaningful minutes, not garbage time minutes, yep. as soon as Friday? Yes, I can see that possibility where Ryan is is going to tinker with this thing, try to figure this thing out until Cat and Okogie can get back. So yes, to me it makes it makes logical sense that Jared Vanderbilt will get some minutes on Friday night. Jake Lamey even told us game yesterday that, that he's no longer playing the four that he's going to be cut out there for a second no he's you. good hey, dudes what's up with uh possibly Jaden mcdaniels maybe getting into the rotation i know he was a rookie he had a, he had a kind of this weird up and down year at washington where he was like a high level high school recruit he got in some foul trouble i know he kind of lost his head a little bit but is there any way in that he gets into the rotation somewhere Declan, I would be surprised. I saw you tweet our, our mutual yeah. friend, Dane Moore, last night that question. So you must be a big Jaden McDaniels fan. I'm with Dane that, that right now, Jaden McDaniels is only earning minutes 
in garbage time. He still has a long way to go. There is enough potential there. Mm -hmm. He was a top 10 recruit coming out of high school, so there's a lot to like. He had some really, really nice games for Washington. And then at the end of the year, he was coming off their bench. You know, he led the Pac-12 in technical fouls, so there's some attitude issues potentially there. But but at pick 28, I love the pick. I think there's enough there for the future. But right now, with the obvious goal of, of cracking the top 10, Glenn Taylor's on the record saying that. Jake Lehman is on the record. You talk to others with the organization, you know, on background, they will tell you that the expectation this year is a top 10 seed. I don't see where McDaniels factors into the rotation when when that is the goal. Top 10 pick, Dukes. Top 10 <laughs> well, pick. If they get a top 10 pick, it better be top three. Otherwise, they don't have their pick, Judd. <laughs> yeah, it's and, true. That's true. You know, it's still a trade I would have made. Wiggins and the 2021 first top three protected for D'Angelo. And obviously, there were other parts, but those were the – the three yeah. big pieces, right? Russell here, Wiggins out, and the first round pick out. But I can tell you, across the league, like it was 50 50. I mean, I canvassed a bunch of people. A lot of people said what I just said about D'Angelo, that he doesn't make his teammates better, that look at D'Angelo's history. You know, like, are you really going anywhere if D'Angelo is, is one of your two best players? He's compensated like he needs to be one of your two best players. And he's an elite shot maker, but does he make his teammates better? Does he play defense? Yep. And then if you can get the Wolves 2021 first-round pick, hey, why not? Plus, a lot of people said if Wiggins just gets a change of scenery, maybe he'll show a pulse. He did last night. Wiggins was off the charts last night for Golden <laughs> State in their win in Detroit. But those other games, Wiggins was was horrendous. I mean, that's the Wiggins that we know, right, that, that he flashes. Like, think about those games in Oklahoma City. Like, Wiggins would flash. Then all of a sudden, for four or five straight games, he'd have like two rebounds. He'd be shooting like 28% from the field. So we saw that Andrew Wiggins many, many times. But I'm just telling you, across the league, like it was 50-50 on, on who won that trade. I think a lot of Wolves fans think, of course the Wolves won that trade. It's D'Angelo Russell. But I can just tell you, league people, people who really know what the hell they're talking about, yep, will tell you that that was about a 50-50, that that was not a clear win for the Wolves. Hey, Dukes, how long do you think it's going to take uh, for Gerson and the Wolves as a whole to make a judgment on if Ryan is the right guy? Because he's still so young, but he is not new now to the job. And to circle back to your point, which I think is the best point, does he have – like, the problem with these last two games is that there's come a point in time in both the Lakers and Clippers loss where pride has gone out the window and they basically, as Saunders said, they start to switch on guys they're not supposed to. As Ricky said, they, you know, aren't playing with, they, they look like they're selfish. Um, if you put all of that together, at what point in time can we decide because these guys aren't all young now. You know, Cats into what, year five or six? D'Angelo Russell, the same thing. So we're going to have to decide here. When do you think we can decide if Ryan is going to be the right guy to push the buttons with these players? Because I do fear the friend factor is going to become an issue. And once you've got that, I don't know that you can go back and undress guys verbally and that they care. Like, that's the... Tibbs was over the top, obviously, but I think that there's a happy medium here where we're going to get to a point where if, you know, Kat and D'Angelo say, it's Ryan, that's fine, that becomes a real problem to me. That's part of the equation, you know, the number of times I've, I've done this segment with you, Judd, where I've talked about not only is it a big year, 
for Carl Anthony Towns, but it's a big year for the Wolves. It's a big year for, for many others with the Wolves, including Ryan Saunders. Like, I think we give him the full season. Let's make a determination mm -hmm. after this season. But I think at that point, you know, we can draw some, some firm conclusions. This is assuming that he's got relative health, that Cat is able to come back in January at some point, that Okogie is back at some point, because I don't think it's fair to evaluate Ryan if he doesn't have his, his full complement, or at least, you know, if, if he's missing two or three guys from his main seven or eight guy core, I don't think it's fair to, to pass strong judgment. So he needs to have his guys back. But I think at the end of the year, we can, we can draw some, some hardcore conclusions. You know, and I would also tell you, Judd, that – you know, Ryan's my guy, but I don't know many coaches that would survive double-digit losing streaks like Ryan did last year. I mean, they had two different double-digit losing streaks. Yeah. You know how hard it is for a coach to survive something like that? Now, the roster was was ever-changing. Heck, it'll still change here at some point. Like, Rosas is, is working on trying to get a power forward in here. Like, he's still talking trade. It's not like his phone is is off the hook right now. He's he's making calls. He's sending text messages. He's trying. So at some point, you would think with as aggressive as he is, that eventually they'll find some power forward to bring in here. So the roster is still going to change. That being said, yeah, I think it's fair that, that, we, that we formulate really strong opinions about Ryan after this season. But I'm not there yet. Give me the full season to evaluate him. Is Jared Culver's shot fixed, which we thought we saw against the Jazz on Saturday, or is Jared Culver's shot still broke, which we saw last night? I think he was 0 for 8 in the first half, 0 for 10 in that game. Because to me, Culver's defense is good enough to justify him playing for sure. And he doesn't need to be a lights-out shooter, but there has to be a happy medium between what we saw against the Jazz and Clippers to say, you know what? you're playable for a substantial period of time during games? I think the answer to your question is somewhere in the middle. I don't think it's fully fixed, but I don't think it's as broken as what we saw last year. I just think mechanically it looks a lot better than the shot he had last year. So you're right. He he deserves playing time because the defense is is above average. I mean, it's good, right? Like he's he's an NBA defender. He's got that skill set right now. So, I mean, he can stick in the league for a long time, but I need to see more with the shot to be, you know, 100% convinced it's totally fixed, but I don't think he's as bad a shooter as what we saw last night. He also missed a few shots at the rim. Not that they were great looks. They were contested shots at the rim, but I think as the year goes on, you know, I, I think some of those shots will turn into fouls where, where he's absorbing a little bit more contact, maybe even initiating contact, but getting the whistle where he ends up at the free throw line, that, that that he can get to the free throw line more as the year goes on. Go for basketball, my good man. What happened? Because that first Big Ten game was a mess, and I said, these guys aren't going to win a game against a good team. And, and I will say this, the Hawkeyes' win, especially to me, was impressive. Like that was, they, they uh, scuffled and struggled a little bit in the second half of that game, Dukes. But the first half, I think they held Garza to five points. Robbins got in some foul trouble, and Patino found a way to scheme it so that Garza didn't kill them. And then this uh, Michigan State team looks bad for them. But I will say this, considering the Gophers' past against the Spartans, any time that you get them down and then basically 
deliver about three or four kill shots to them. That's impressive. So coming from the first game in Champaign to these last two games, I am impressed because I didn't see this coming, and I thought that they were going to be a complete mess. And Patino, to his credit, I think, has done a nice job here. He has. And, like, I didn't see this shooting coming. So think about the loss in Champaign, how poorly they shot that night. Then all of a sudden, the Iowa game in particular, they're making shot after shot. Brandon Johnson. I mean, Brandon Johnson, you know, at Western Michigan, was not a good three-point shooter. He wasn't a horrible three-point shooter, but he certainly wasn't a good three-point shooter. Then all of a sudden, he makes, what, four in overtime? Like, who the heck saw that coming? I also think the Iowa game, to me, the most impressive stat was only one turnover in the first half. I mean, the way they played in that first half, they only led by five at the half. I felt like they should have been leading by double digits. I mean, that's how well they played those first 20 minutes against the Hawkeyes. I am curious now as they head to Madison for an afternoon game tomorrow, like, can they do it on the road? And I get it. Home court advantage as we know it doesn't exist. But there is still something to be said about traveling, waking up, you know, in a hotel room. You know, the COVID testing location is different. The rims are different. Heck, the basketball, they will use it. Wisconsin is different. It's not a Nike basketball. So they're just, there are things that are different that I want to see it carry onto the road, that, that I know that this team can play at a high level at Williams Arena, crowd or no crowd. I now need to see it on the road. But I love the way they're playing right now, Judd. And I hope that they can keep it going to, to some extent where they can be a relatively high seed. Like, why can't they be a five seed or a four seed or a six? I mean, maybe you don't want to be a five, the, the dreaded 5-12 matchup. But – why can't they be a relatively high seed where they don't need to sweat out Selection Sunday or worry, heck, are we going to be an 8 seed or a 10 seed or an 11 seed? The way they're playing right now with Marcus Carr playing at this level, yep. with Liam Robbins showing that, that he's legitimately on the radar of NBA teams, that there's a lot there to like with Liam Robbins. Carr obviously is on the radar of NBA teams too. That keep it going, find a path to 10 or 11 Big Ten victories, if you get to 10 and 8 or 11 and 7, or what is it, 20 conference games now? So if you get to 11 and 9 or 12 and 8, mm-hmm. like in this conference, as deep as this conference is, mm-hmm. that will get you a five seed. That absolutely will get you a five seed. So keep it rolling. I just don't know, Judd, can they continue to shoot the way they have when Gotch and Kausher aren't making shots? Gotch made shots in the non conference, but since conference play, Gotch isn't making shots. He eventually needs to make some shots. So Gotch scored a point in, in that first game and looked absolutely lost and terrible. And, and he had played Dukes, I think, a ton uh, in the non-conference until then. In that game, he looked lost. I think Patino adjusted, though, because Gotch's role to me since then has not been nearly as substantial as it was in the first game, Big Ten game, and what I expected it to be. And so that's where I give them credit. I think they adjusted there. I think that they went in thinking that it was basically going to be the two key components were probably going to be Carr, and he definitely is, and Gotch. Um, But starting with the Hawkeyes game, it was sort of like they morphed it away from Gotch, which was smart. And and the other factor to me that's going to be so intriguing is Robbins. Is Robbins a foul machine? Is he not? Is he a player? 
The guy that we saw uh, in the first game, Illinois, the big kid, just embarrassed him. I mean, it was it was a complete mauling. But I don't. I am curious if that that was the best thing that could have happened to him, possibly, because it seems like since then he's played pretty well. And the Garza game, and Garza was not great, but that's fine. He's a really good player still. The Garza game, Robbins impressed me. And these last two games, if you can, if you can just consistently get what he's done, Dukes, in these last two games, you're going to be, I think, in decent shape because he's looked. He's not great, but he's looked good. And there were a lot of games before that I thought. This guy's a big guy, gets in, fouls, and he's done. He did miss. I mean, I don't know how, how much this is common knowledge. He did miss a couple weeks right before training camp ramped up. He was out for a couple weeks, so his conditioning was off. I think his conditioning is now where it needs to be. Yeah, Judd, I mean, if he plays like he did against Garza and against Michigan State, this team will be will be plenty fine. I will say that, that Kofi Coburn – the Illinois big is an NBA player, a surefire NBA player. He can make a lot of people look like fools. I mean, that guy, I mean, he looks like he's he's 28 years old, not 20 or 21. I mean, he is he is the ultimate man child. So he will manhandle a lot of bigs. But yeah, like think about tomorrow, right? Wisconsin's got Potter, and they've got the kid from from Lakeville, Nate Reavers. I mean, that's two good bigs. Liam Robbins cannot get into foul trouble tomorrow. If he does. The Badgers will win. I can just tell you that right now. If Liam Robbins has to sit the final nine minutes of the first half and ends up falling out with, you know, four or five minutes to go, something like that, the Badgers will win. They need Liam Robbins to play 30-plus minutes tomorrow. But, yeah, I love the way he's he's going. He's got such good touch, both hands. I have no problem with him taking the three-point shot. Like He's he, got a nice three-point shot. You're right. He's pretty darn advanced offensively. And with his length, he can alter and block enough shots. Transfers, Dukes, it's the key to life now. Transfers, they they come in, they're veterans, they're prepared to play. Th- this is going to be, in, I, I think across uh, uh, c- college sports, this is going to be interesting to watch play out because a guy like Patino, who we've complained for how long, right? He can't get the local kids and he can't, but those are all freshmen. Now, because in part the pandemic, you've opened the doors to, hey, you're not playing much at, let's say, Pittsburgh, like Carr, right? Or you're not playing much or you don't don't like where you're playing. Come play for us. Step in as a junior, and you can basically come in and play day one and have a chance to establish yourself as opposed to the whole thing of trying to grow up for a year and then start playing more probably. Remember, Carr did play a good amount his freshman year. They ended up firing their coach, but but he was getting playing time at Pitt. But, yeah. It's it's just starting, Judd. Like I know. at some point here, January or February, the NCAA is expected to to pass the legislation to allow transfers to to be immediately eligible one time. So while a lot of guys, because of the pandemic, it was a favorable situation getting the waiver, they won't even need to apply for a waiver moving forward. So it's just it absolutely is just starting. It's free agency yep. in college sports. We're seeing it with. But the Gopher football team, right? I mean, they just brought in now one kid is a is a graduate transfer, but they brought in a graduate transfer defensive tackle. They brought in a transfer linebacker, and they brought in a transfer wide receiver. And they're on the lookout for more. And you're right, whether it's the Gophers in basketball or any number of of basketball programs, it's it's not slowing down. I mean, look at Michigan State's best player, right? I mean, you talk about the Spartans game, the Hauser kid. He started at Marquette. 
it's just it's it's the way of the world. Everybody is doing it. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, if you're not doing it, you're you're losing out. So yeah, I mean, credit to Patino for for identifying really good transfers. I also think the pandemic helped them immensely in landing Gotch. That I think Booth Gotch was was definitely looking at Maryland very strongly and wasn't sure if he would get immediate eligibility at Maryland even during the pandemic. That the that the surefire guarantee for for immediate eligibility was coming to his home state, coming home to Minnesota. So that, I do believe, helped them land Booth Gotch. Right circumstance with Robbins, right? With Ed Conroy, his uncle. Yeah. You know, it just, that worked out brilliantly. Like, Liam Robbins could have had 20 different offers, but everything happened so fast. I'm sure the wheels were in motion even prior with the family connection. That, 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 was, that was a great get. Like, he was one of the best players in that conference that Drake is in you know, last year. So to be able to get a kid like Free that, Yugi, you get him exactly. immediately eligible. You're right. I mean, Brandon Johnson. I mean, yep. yeah. I mean, it's it's the way of the world right now. And I still think there's a lot there with Gotch. Yeah, I think, you know, with the way Mashburn Jr. is going right now, mm-hmm. and based on matchups, you can have Carr and Mashburn Jr. coexist. You mm-hmm. can have them on the floor together. But I still think as, as we get into the heart, you know, the, the dog days of, of the Big Ten schedule into February, I do think we'll see a lot more from Booth Gotch. He is he is a pretty good player. I think Gotch has to slow himself down just a tick. Like he plays so fast at times, and and I think in this conference, the competition across the board is pretty damn good. I think if Gotch slows himself down, not a ton, but just a little bit, and assesses, he he see. I don't know that he makes decisions with any thought right now. Like he just goes and makes and tries to make plays. And I'm sure in some conferences, Dukes, that works. I don't know across the board, though, in the Big Ten it does. And and if he was just to, I think, assess things from the floor standpoint a little bit more, he'd probably be doing himself a favor. I also think he rushes his shot yeah. at times. I mean, he did interview with the Golden State Warriors and the Orlando Magic. I mean, he went through the pre-draft process, you know, last pre-draft where I'm positive those teams told him, you need to shoot the ball better. He only shot 20-something percent last year from three mm-hmm. at Utah. Now, he will tell you that, that he was playing through a, a nagging knee injury, that he wasn't 100% healthy, which I'll buy. I'll take him at face value on that, that he's, that he's much healthier now. But I think it's, it's in the back of his head as he thinks about his future mm-hmm. that he has to make three-point shots. And he is shooting a, a little bit better than, than last year. But I think at times he is so focused on making threes that it impacts the rest of his game. All right, sir, some scoops, twin scoops. What's uh, It's been, for the most part, dead. They did sign a reliever on Tuesday. But what's going on with the twins as we supposedly get ready for the start of spring training in February, which is a bunch of malarkey because I think the earliest will start is sometime in March. I mean, you talk to people around the league, executives and agents, Yep. They will tell you that the Twins are as active as any franchise. But that doesn't mean a whole lot for fans if, if, if them planting seeds doesn't turn into actual acquisitions. But I can tell you, I mean, they're, they're talking to teams. I'm positive they have talked to the Cincinnati Reds, who have a couple starting pitchers that would be appealing. Do I think they've talked to the Pirates about Musgrove? I do. You know, I think they've talked to, to many teams. They've talked to the agents for for a lot of free agents. We've talked previously about Michael Brantley and Kyle Schwarber and Adam Duvall, you know, Mm -hmm. if if they can't re-sign Nelly Cruz. You know, but they've also talked to the agents for for guys like 
Marcus Simeon, Andrelton Simmons, two really good shortstops. Like they're they're planting all these all these seeds. They did make an offer to a reliever that chose the Giants instead last week, John Brebia. So I knew that they were looking for for a lower level type reliever that ended up being the the Robles guy, the, the former Angels closer that they inked on on Tuesday, but they tried to get John Brebia. They offered Brebia less. I mean, so maybe there was a scenario where they would have taken Brebia and Robles, but they did make Brebia an offer. I know that Wes Johnson talked to Brebia. They made him a major league offer. He yep. just happened to choose the the Giants instead. But but they're also poking around on, on higher level free agents. I can now tell you, Judd, that Brad Hand, who was on a recent Scoop podcast at the time, there really wasn't any twin steam. The Twins have now planted at least a seed, that there is legitimate interest. Now, it's not to the point of the Twins making an offer, so there's a long way to go, interest to offer. So so if some of these websites are listening to this, please don't aggregate what I'm saying right now because, to me, it doesn't ramp up until an actual offer is made. But the Twins have planted a seed on Brad Hand. They've planted a seed on, on Joaquin Soria. So, I mean, they're they're trying on all sorts of things. They still have interest in re-signing Jake Odorizzi. And, yeah, I mean, Nelly Cruz, I mean, talking about, you know, priority, you know, 1A or 1B, if you want to argue 1A is, a, is another starter, you know, 1B then is Nelly, but you could argue 1A is Nelly Cruz. But there is no rush on the Nelly Cruz front. I'll give you this nugget, though. I was told that if there's momentum on the National League implementing the, the DH full-time here, that the DH would return in the National League in 2021. That the San Diego Padres oh. have interest in Nelson Cruz. So, that's a lot of fly balls, Doogie. That's a big, going, that's a big Petco yeah. baby. That's a lot of Nelly Cruz fly balls there. A lot yeah, of wild home runs. He's, he's got some ridiculous power at times too. Where we're at night, that ball can carry in mm-hmm. in San Diego. And the Padres, San Diego should be really, really good. They could use a leader like Nelly Cruz, but clearly Nelly isn't going to San Diego without some sort of clarity that the National League is going to adopt the DH. Dukes, are, are the Pods the only team that's working? Like, the Mets have done some stuff, but... Uh, the it, Blue Jays. It, yeah, but... The Blue but Jays it, are definitely working. But the Mets the Padres, are still the working. Padres, but, Dukes, the Padres are incredible. Like, they go get Darvish. They go they go get um, Snell. Like, this is incredible. And, and by the way, too, the most remarkable thing in the two trades for pitchers that the Pods made to me is this. They're giving up prospects, but they're not necessarily um, mortgaging the future of their top prospects. So, like they're at, they're getting pretty good deals here. This this year has just been so weird. Um, but I do think the important thing for a lot of players is at some point in time they are going to have to realize probably if your name is not Trevor Bauer, Doogie, you are not going to get paid. Like if you are. If you are going to sit there and say, eventually, I will make my killing, it will not be in 2021. It it might be next year after the season. But, I mean, nobody, in my opinion, who's a good player is going to get paid. I hear you. Now, I do think George Springer will eventually get paid here. Not DJ LeMahieu is going to get paid. But I'll give you a name of a really good player that I'll be curious to see what his contract looks like. JT... Real Moto, where John Clark is a plugged-in Philadelphia reporter, works for the NBC affiliate in Philadelphia. He's got impeccable sources. He reports that the Phillies haven't even made him an offer. The Mets signed James McCann 
So where exactly is is he going if he wants a $100 million contract? Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, that's a really, really good player. One could argue maybe the best catcher, you know, offensively and defensively speaking, yeah. the best catcher in the game. Yep. Where will he land? So I hear you, Judd. You know, at some point, I mean, that's where Trevor May, to me, it was genius. It was the only offer he got, but genius, that Trevor May, a middle reliever, got two years and $15 million. Yes. Yeah, you're not going to get paid. Uh, you're right. Springer will, Bauer will, LeMahieu will. And I think that's it. I really do. Um, all right, let's uh, conclude today's episode of the Super I will say, with- though, Judd, like, I think, I still think the money you see Jake Odorizzi sign for, whether it's here or Toronto or somewhere else, yep. I do think you'll say, whoa, I didn't think he'd get that. Interesting. I don't have the exact money, but, but like, I wouldn't be shocked if Odorizzi gets a three-year deal, maybe in the 35 to $40 million range. So let's say he did. I think you'll look at that and say, whoa, I didn't see that coming. All right. Final scoop, sir. What you got? Kyle Rudolph. I mean, I, I don't think I'm, I'm, you know, going on a limb here. I think we've seen Kyle Rudolph, you know, the nicest guy in the planet. But, but with them being able to save around $5 million in salary cap space, even though there's some dead money, I think that, that we'll see Kyle Rudolph on, on a new team in 2021. Yep. I will be curious to see. I mean, I think Mike Zimmer's back. I don't see the Wilfs eating that contract. But like Marwin Maloof, you know, does the hammer come? On Monday, it's hard to see the special teams coordinator back. And I'm wondering, I mean, I, I don't have any steam on this, but Gary Kubiak, to me, is a year-to-year guy. Does he want to be back? I mean, clearly, if he wants to be back, he'll be back. I know he likes working with his son, Clint, the the quarterback's coach. But that is at least something that I'm tracking, just wondering if if Gary Kubiak, at his age, if he wants to keep doing this thing, if he wants to, to call plays for the Vikings in 2021. I've said the same thing, and here here's why. He came here to be an advisor uh, for the offense and the old assistant head coach role, which I'm sure pays a little bit more, uh, but basically to hold Stefanski's hand and help him. I'm with you. I wonder if he's going to get done and say, you know what? I'm pretty damn rich, right? I've got farmland, I believe, in Colorado. I don't need the day-to-day pain in the ass that goes along with being O.C., and hearing Mike say, hey, let's run more. No, we got to run more. I think you might be right. I could I could see Coobs, probably not on Monday, but I could see him saying after some serious self-evaluation, you know what, I'm going to retire and that's that. And then I'm very curious to see who does Zimmer get because he's got to get – because he's going to try and get somebody that he can browbeat into running the football constantly, which is not the way that the game is structured basically to run today. Would Jim Gruden be the logical candidate that Jacksonville hires a new coach, that they clean yeah, house like it. in Jacksonville? Right. I mean, I think I think that's coming. So would Jake Gruden potentially be that guy? They are buddies. I mean, that's one name that, that would come to mind. I mean, yeah, I, I think Gary's got the property in, in the Houston area or somewhere in Texas. Okay. Maybe he's got property in Colorado too. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, at his age, with his health history. With his son now firmly entrenched, yeah, you know, I'm sure he likes working with his son day in and day out. But he might say, you know what, Clint, you're you're firmly entrenched. You're in a good spot. Like I don't need to oversee you anymore. Go go spread your wings without me around. It's just it's something I'm I'm curious about. I don't have any steam. 
Mm-hmm. I would not be shocked. I mean, you're saying you wouldn't be shocked if he walked away. I wouldn't be shocked if he saw this thing through for another year because the offense had so much success this year that why not with a couple fixes on defense with Zimmer's history of, of being pretty good in odd-numbered years that the Vikings could be pretty good in 2021 where Kubiak says, let me run this thing back through one more time. Great stuff, Dukes. Thank you. Appreciate the time as always, sir. See you, boys. You take, take it care. easy. Have a good Wednesday. You Happy too. New Year. Thanks, Happy Dukes. New Year to you, too. See you, Doogie. Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. All right, it's time for Write That that Down, which uh, we did not do last Wednesday. And Declan, I didn't want to skip it twice. Uh, I don't have the averages. I don't have the updates. <laughs> I don't have any of that. That's all in the uh, notes of one Philip Mackey. But what I do have is I have three predictions for 2021. You do as well. Yep. And sitting in front of me are three predictions that our buddy Mackey, who will be back next week, sent me. So, he so we're... So we are going to end 2020, this godforsaken year, with predictions that look ahead to 2021. They will go on the record, um, and soon we will crown the batting average champion of Write That Down for 2020. But we can do all that good stuff when uh, Phil comes back to the show. I just want to get predictions out there because we didn't do them last week, and I said, you know what? I I sort of miss those things. I I like Write That Down. It's a great segment. So here's what we'll do. Write this down. We'll uh, alter the order. Ordinarily, I go first. But let's start with you this week. Good. And then I will um, give Philip's prediction, okay. and then I will give mine. So okay. three predictions, and for they are for 2021, yep. looking ahead. Yep. What's your first one? Write it down. You like write? writing things down? I want this known that I wrote this down in my notes section last night. Okay, so this is okay. not something that has come up within the at last hour. Okay, I wrote this down last night in my phone, and I had the time stamp to prove it. Okay. 2021 will be P.J. Flex last season as Gophers head coach. Okay. Now, I know the news just came out that there's an NFL team interested in him. That has little to know to do with this prediction. I wrote nope. this down last night. I think 2021 sure. will be P.J. Flex last season as Gophers head coach. I feel like because that report came out, yep. this now might not be a home run. But I, I feel like it is a home. No, but you're saying he'll come back. But you're saying he'll come back in twenty in 2021. Yep. And then leave after next season. Yeah. 2021 will be PJ no, Flex. I think that no that's last good. season as head coach. So so to your point, he won't get a pro job. He won't leave. He'll stick around. But then he will bolt. Yep. After next season. All right. That's very fair. That's okay. fair. All right. Phil's like first down. prediction for 2021. The Vikings will draft a quarterback after the first round of the April draft. The Vikings will draft a quarterback, but it will be after the opening round. So they won't do what many of us had talked about when they started one and five, which was, will they take a quarterback in the first round? But he thinks that they will take one in the course of the draft. Write this down. I could see that. Yeah, I can. Get I it. don't. I. I am. I agree 
with him completely. I do not think that they are going to take a quarterback now in the first round, but I, just, I, I could see them. I could see them taking one, but I mean, <clears throat> they'll take one, let's say sixth round or something, uh, se- seventh round. Yeah, it's a scary All right. Yeah. All right. My first write that down uh, for this week. <laughs> write the it down. Vikings, you like writing things down. The Vikings will win the NFC North next season. Wow. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I got to take a guess. Here's why. I don't know that they're as lost as they look right now. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that because Zim is almost certainly, in my opinion, going to come back, he will move heaven and earth to improve that defense. The offense isn't bad. Now, I would like to see a change to more of a passing structured offense. But that being said, you've got absolutely key components back. Mm-hmm. So the Vikings will rebound. They will end the Packers' reign atop the NFC North, and they will win the division next season. Write that down. Wow. Okay. Very bullish of you. I'm proud of you. I'm by, this one's, I think, a little more. It, it's the opposite of what Mackey said to do. By the way, I have a Mackey-related prediction because I know he has a Declan-related prediction. So naturally, I have to throw the dagger back after me getting wow. katana from him. So um, that's just how I Write roll in 2021. But I'll get there. That's my last prediction. I want to save that for last. It's my second yep. prediction. I guess it's a little more counterproductive to Mackey's other one, too. Maybe this is the Mackey 2021. Write that down. Um, the Vikings will draft Zach Wilson in the 2021 NFL draft. I'm, I'm just calling my Whoa. shot right now. The Vikings will draft Zach Wilson. They'll find a way. They will find a way. They will. I think he's shooting up the draft board. I think that is now basically over and done with. I, I, he went from being mostly a mid-tier first-round pick He's probably going to go in the top 10 uh, just with the, how, how he played in that bowl game. Um, mm-hmm. I don't see a combine or a, or a pro day really sinking him. I don't think his value is going to drop anywhere from what it is, but I'll just say it right now. The Vikings will figure out a way to draft Zach Wilson. And this is a lot of personal wanting. I was going to say, I, I think this is what you want. Yeah. Not, and I do think that there was a time when they got off to the rough start that mm-hmm. I could have seen this now. There is a, I'm telling you, Dex, there's a better chance they draft a three tech. There is a better chance they draft a three technique than a quarterback in the first round. Yeah, well, um, Trader Rick. I love, I love where your heart's at for their sake. I don't think that their heart is e- even near at the same place. And I do think that, you know, post bowl game performance now, Zach Wilson, I think you're right. I think he probably goes, he probably goes, he goes, I think in the second half of the top 10, but I think he's gone he by, by the, 11th pick. He might go before Justin Fields at this rate. But who would have saw that coming when the college football season started? Write it yeah, down. Quarterback like position. Things down. Quarterback position, my man, is wacky and goofy. It All is. right. Phil, second, write that down. The 2021. He's on the bandwagon already. Two, yeah. two, two big wins. And Phil, yeah. not surprisingly, is on the Richard Patino bandwagon because he says the Gopher basketball team will reach the Sweet 16. Write that down which means in March, the Gopher basketball team for 2021 mm-hmm. will reach the Sweet 16. Now, the team that we've seen play the last two games absolutely has a shot. That being said, and I'm impressed, but that being said, we need to definitely see more because it's going to take a little bit more than two games to erase the m- memory of that uh, that uh, debacle that they had in their Big Ten opener in uh, Champaign, Illinois. So, but Phil Mackey saying go for basketball will reach 
the Sweet 16. All right, my second, write that down. Write it down. You like writing things down. And I, I, I think I gave you this as a Viking prediction on Monday mm-hmm. for 2021 in my way too early Vikings predictions That's as well. Fine. But to put it on the record, Gary Kubiak will not be the Vikings offensive coordinator on opening day 2021. Okay. I think he's going to walk. Okay. And it's just, as Duke said as well, it's just a total gut guess. Sure. But he didn't come here to take that job. Um, and I don't. And he's got to be at the point of his his life, and, and he's had some health scares previously. That's a lot of pressure, and it's probably a lot of hours. And my guess is Koobs is going to say, look, as, as an administrator or as an advisor, it was absolutely fine, and I enjoyed it. But really, every day, <laughs> run, 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 no thanks. Write that down. Okay. I like it. My final prediction? Mm-hmm. Back to me? All right. Mm-hmm. My Philip mm-hmm. Mackey prediction here. Uh, <laughs> Phil Mackey will be incorrect on at least five Bachelor-related predictions in 2021. We know Phil is a big fan of The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and Bachelor in Paradise. Now, I'm, I'm a pseudo-fan of those. I'm not hardcore into them. I'll turn it on uh, usually at the beginning of the series, and if it, if it piques my interest, I'll continue watching. Usually I fizzle out because it's one of the most mind-numbing programs of all time. But then again, I love professional wrestling, so that's just up my alley. But Mackie will be incorrect on at least five Bachelor-related predictions. So he has to make five. He has to make five. And I think he would over the – because, I mean, Bachelor yeah, – I, like, I, I feel like uh, there isn't too much of a lapse in – Bachelor and Bachelorette and Bachelor and Parent, like it, it's almost like a fifty-two I, week thing. I know, I know how you know nothing about. You're this. talking to the you're talking <laughs> to the wrong guy. But you are talking to the wrong guy in asking that. But you know question. he'll make batch. He, he's always made Bachelor predictions in the write that down season. So oh, absolutely. Yes, so I, yes. I'll say he'll be incorrect on at least five Bachelor related predictions wow. in 2021. Now I might deteriorate well, him from making the five. But I think he, I think he still wants to, he wants to double down and prove number one he's right, and that Declan was wrong. Yeah. It's that, that's that's Phil Mackey's safe haven right there. All right. Well, right you down. made that prediction because you saw the one that I'm about to read. <laughs> Phil's final write that down prediction. Declan will suffer a sophomore slump in 2021 and write that down, and his batting average will dip below 200 sometime between April and the end. of of 2021 so he's keep he's acknowledging that you might get off to a bad start but you know because the sample size at that point is relatively small could certainly rebound from said poor start actually i but think what he but what he's saying is you'll dip below 200 sometime between april and the end of the coming year i actually think he's he's assuming that i'll actually get off to a nice start in 2021 just like i did in 2020 and then the oh, I'll, okay. I'll hit the wall you know, the scouting reports start coming out. I start chasing curveballs in the dirt, and then my average dips below 200. I don't see that happening um, because I'm coming off such a great rookie you season. Know what? I think he's going with past history as well. I want to say, was it two or three years ago? I, I was coming off, personally, a good year and write that down. Yeah. And had a, just a brutal year. So I think he's going w- with the old Zolgad slash Zim Vikings, which is no playoffs playoffs no playoffs playoffs i think he is counting on you statistically because your initial campaign has been pretty solid thank you i think i think he thinks that you are are 
uh, just due to probably go down mm. and then come back up. But I don't know that that's fair. Yeah, and I, I have no, I have no Declan or Mackey write that down predictions for. Okay, well, I, 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 I think uh, I had a pretty solid season. Uh, I'm calling for yeah, that. I'm, call, I'm calling for that corner locker spot in 2021 here. You're like not I, getting that. My Danny rookie, Bones, my rookie, yeah. yeah, my rookie season. I'm Danny Swaggy V here. Uh, wants the corner locker spot. So you are not getting that locker. I'm sorry about that. But I mean, yeah. you know, you come back with two or three more good years, you yeah. are in great shape. Write this down. Then you get the corner locker. All right, my final write that down prediction predicated on. So I am assuming that the Twins as either AL Central champions for the third consecutive year or as a wild card behind probably the White Sox, will make the playoffs. That's the given here, okay? Mm-hmm. I am predicting, the write that down, the Twins will end their playoff losing streak at 18. Wow. They will not only make the playoffs next season, but they will end the, let's all say it again, Longest losing streak in North American sports history of 18 games. Damn near impossible. At some point in time, the odds say it has to end, and I'm saying it ends next season. I I thought about going there, but um, I I thought about maybe playoff series, but oh, I, I can't am, do that I am one. 28 <laughs> years old, and over half of my lifetime has been Twins playoff losses. I've spent more time on this earth seeing Twins postseason losses from the last time I saw a Twins postseason win. I want that to sink in. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, it, it's incredible. If you look at the gap and the fact, I mean, and it's different teams, different managers, everything has changed except for one thing. God. And, and how do you, in hockey or baseball, how do you lose 18 consecutive playoff games? I, I don't know. Like that's those sports lend themselves to oh we accidentally accidentally won a game right yeah like a goalie got hot or or a pitcher got hot like it's we're talking about one game I am not talking about a playoff series I'm not even going to go there I'm talking about can you win one playoff game My prediction is it finally ends and we celebrate and and they probably win one game and then are done and no one's going to care because they'll be so damn happy that the Minnesota twins finally won a playoff game. The fact that it's the longest losing streak in North American sports history, by by the way, is so on brand. It's so on brand, not just for the twins. I'm talking about for Minnesota sports, a fitting way to end 2020 is to say someone's finally going to win a damn playoff. Write that down. Yeah, it, it was hard. I, I mean, you were at both those games, but Phil got to experience what it's like like to see true. Like, I, I actually do a pretty good job. I feel like I've done a pretty good job in the last few years removing fan bias. Like, it, it still exists. Mm-hmm. I, like, I'm, I'm still a fan. Um, but in professional settings, I can remove that when I'm in a press box. I don't cheer. Um, I don't tweet at other media personalities like some other one that did me yesterday that said hop on the bandwagon. They don't pay me uh, to give takes. Um, I'm referring to a certain hockey reporter in town that's employed by the local hockey team. You know, might know now know who I'm referring to. Oh, I didn't see that tweet. Uh, yeah, I uh, tweeted out. The I, I, I tweeted out yesterday, and I don't know if you saw this. The analytics shut. <laughs> Did you see this? No, what? So no. moneypuck.com, which is an analytic-based site, and it, it measures uh, playoff odds. What is your chance to make it to the first round, second round, third round, fifth round? I can't believe you haven't seen this. I didn't, I'm surprised you or Chris Long. Chris Long, I was the one who tipped off longer. And then Long and I were going back and forth. According to moneypuck.com, Judd, 
you're going to lose your mind. You might spit out your coffee. Okay. The Minnesota Wild are tied for the fifth best odds to win the Stanley Cup. Based on what? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, it, it is analytically driven. The teams above them make sense. It's like it's. I, I don't have the list currently in front of me right now, but it's like Tampa Bay, Colorado, um, Washington. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, at tied with six with Montreal, which also doesn't make any sense, is the Minnesota Wild. Let me let me pull it up here. I'll see if I can pull it is up. Is there in an time. explanation for this or just odds? There's explanations for it, but it doesn't. Doesn't make much sense. Like it, it's a deep dive. I can't. I can't even give you like the 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 rundown of what it, of what it is. So the top teams to win the Stanley Cup according to MoneyPuck.com: the Lightning at five point six percent, the Capitals at five point two percent, Toronto at four point seven, Colorado at four point four, the right, Vegas yeah. Golden Knights at four point three, who are tied yeah. with Montreal and Minnesota at four point three percent to win the bleeping Stanley. Did these people do any work on trying to put these together? I don't think it has anything to do like, with the eye test. I think it. They Colorado are, makes sense. Vegas makes sense. Tampa Bay. All the, although they, all the teams above know, them make sense. Like I can see it. I have I have no idea why this is a thing. I I have zero like. And so you were told by a wild employee to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah, jump on the bandwagon. Jump on the bandwagon for 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 them having the fifth best odds to win the Stanley Cup. Do you want to send the folks at Money Puck uh, a note saying that we have no idea who is going sure. to play center for the Wild? Yeah, and like they have like a whole thing like you know read all these odds are position. read all these odds are tallied and and there's like you know ten and, and and this is the problem with analytics not just in hockey but in all sports is common folk. Do not understand what the hell you're, you're, you're speaking Spanish to someone who speaks French. I, I have no idea what you're trying to tell me. Um, so they have, you know, playoff probabilities and season simulator, the pregame pred- uh, prediction model. There, there's a bunch of variances involved. Expected goals on non-rebounded shots. Expected goals in power play and power and penalty kill situations. I don't know. I have zero idea why that they think the Wild. Now, now I will say this website is typically bullish on the Wild. They've been bullish on the Wild in years past. I, but at the same time, I don't know why they're well, why they're up there so high. Blows my mind, man. Truly blows my mind. That makes literally no. I, sense. I didn't mean to hijack the write that down segment to a very mini Judd's hockey show here, but yeah, no, that makes no sense. But it's uh, it, it's absolutely wild. It's very wild. Yeah, it's incredibly wild. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Write this down. Moneypuck.com is wrong <laughs> about. The wild like and i do believe that ultimately with, with what bill garen is doing mm-hmm. they are headed in the right direction so i'm not I trying agree. i'm not i don't i think he's got the right idea about how the roster is put together yep um but when you can't tell me on opening night who your first line center is going to be um i struggle to buy into the fact that you are a a true stanley cup contender and <laughs> the reality is they're fortunate to be in the Western Division, yep. Because because it looks like they're going to have a pretty pretty good odds of battling the Coyotes for that fourth playoff spot. Sure, but there is no way on God's green earth that I can that I would predict 
that the Wild would finish in a top three spot. So yeah, something would have to go horribly wrong. For hey, to, to do that. Yeah. You know what? I'm just glad that our sport is coming back. Um, I will say this though. Basketball is a precursor to something that I didn't think about, but watch out for. Okay. With, with training camps being short and basically, you know, teams reported in basketball, I think they played two or three games yeah. for exhibition games and then started mm-hmm. in puck. They're going to report skate some and then go no exhibition games. The one thing I didn't think about is we've got, and it's glorious to watch some out of shape people. Oh yeah. I was watching a basketball. I, I was watching part of that uh, uh, heat debacle last night against the bucks. Yep. There were a couple of bucks players who I think got done with the bubble and said, ah, you know what? I'm going to go to some good restaurants or something we got. And, and the uh, poster child for this is, you know, clearly James Harden of the Rockets because he's gotten big, but I think we're going to see some guys in hockey probably throwing up on the bench because they're going to come back and be like, I really wasn't prepared to come back. It's like me on a Monday, you know, after a hard weekend, you know, I might be in the holiday station parking lot, me and uh, Phil Kessel, you know, he's on the bench and I'm, I'm at the gas pump just uh, with the door open nonchalantly uh, taking care of my business. Hot dogs in play. Yeah. Hot dogs are in play. Always are in play. All right, let's write that down. 2021 predictions. All right, Patrick, let's start with PJ Fleck, our guy Pelican, <laughs> reporting that an NFL team wants to talk to P or teams want to talk to PJ Fleck. We can't lose him. Your thoughts? Well, I got a a very strong third hand source <laughs> that texted me when I made fun of this, saying Heather. Last year, told friends that PJ's uh, goal was to coach in the NFL. So this is Heather through somebody who told somebody who then told somebody who then told this person. So it's it's at least third or fourth hand. But what the hell? Reckless yes. speculation, Patrick. It's what we That's do. right. Who could possibly look at that act? and think he can coach adults. Doogie told us his speculation is it's the Lions, which would actually make some sense. Oh, sure. Yeah. It would be the Lions because they're willing to try anything, right? Uh, I don't know if I'll see Matthew Stafford running down the sidelines with him. Maybe, Maybe he has a different act that we haven't seen. Okay. Because this act he has now is not going to work with adults. Okay? Yeah, I agree with you. Right? Yeah. Or his agent's throwing it out there so we can give him another million dollars for not doing much, right? Yeah, I asked Dukes about that, too, and he thinks that that, because I thought the same exact thing. (laughs) You cannot, in good conscience during a pandemic, right, go to your bosses and say, I'm talking to the Lions. How about a little bit, a little bit more of my contract? Little taste, little more of a taste. There's <laughs> a couple of guys ahead of me. He's up to the mid fours now, right? Yeah, yeah, He's I, in the mid fours. He took, he took the the requisite pandemic pay cut, but yes, ordinarily, yeah, yeah in the okay, mid-fours. yeah, yes. So uh, I, uh, you know, I suppose there are the Lions are dumb enough. <laughs> And yes, they are Jets. I don't think the Jets are because he's not a big enough name for the Jets. But uh, 
But the Lions, you know, what the hell? Maybe. I would certainly be sad. It's uh it hurts me on Twitter. It hurts my Twitter hold on, responses. Hold on. Oh, wait, 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 though. We're talking about the potential of if P.J. Fleck went to the Lions on Sundays. Oh, that's right. You, get the you play twice. Be, you would get the package to watch every <laughs> Lions game and tweet constantly. You'd be in heaven. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, it would. Uh, I don't know. Who's his I don't know. Which, does he have one of the high-powered guys? Ryan Harlan. Kevin's Kevin's brother oh. and Bob's kid, oh. who who oh, represented okay. Frazier at one point before I think Les fired him and hired Bob Lamont at the time, but he's he's had a bunch of clients, so he's his guy. Uh, you know, so who's next here then? Fickle's probably gonna wait there, go to Michigan State or something. The guy from Iowa State's not coming here, so uh, I don't know where they go then. I don't know what they would do. That's a really yeah. It's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. But, but I thought a, you'd love that one. A, I'd, I'd hate to lose him just because of the ability to stir people up. But <laughs> uh, it would be the the angst of Gopher fans that they lost another guy who was going to take him to the Rose Bowl would be uh, would be fantastic. They would they would in part blame you too for being such a jerk to him on Twitter and chasing him out of town. <laughs> that would be yeah. your crowning achievement. Would would be the golfer holers who would say, "Look, Royce, look what you did." Heather and PJ left. Well, uh, that would be a that would be a a little extra prog on my crown if I could say that. <laughs> I don't know. I thought he had his worst year ever for BS man. He basically comparing what the fellas were going through to hit the beaches in Normandy. He it was completely, he was yeah. completely insane the last three weeks about how hard it was on his fellas. Right? Yeah, well, right, I, I, mean, I think you you said this too, Pat. Uh, the quotes at some point in time didn't start to they started to make no sense. Yes, yeah, they did. They, it they deteriorated it. They deteriorated into saying nothing and into saying nothing that we didn't understand. But I'll say one thing. He if if the goal of an NFL team is to keep all information in house, he'd be a good hire because he did endless talking without telling us anything, didn't he? Yeah for four years here. He never told anybody anything. He kept he kept the injuries. We still don't know where the what was wrong with the big right tackle. Right? No, and I think he we still don't left. know. I think he just yeah, left. He wasn't on campus from what I heard, but yeah. they never admitted it. They never admitted it, right? Yep. He was Correct. he stayed on the I think he stayed on the roster all year and they never admitted that he wasn't there anymore. Right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. I so, don't think they ever came clean I mean, about those guys. He, he was, you know, no depth chart. Didn't went through the whole year without a depth chart. Damn near every other college team you could go to their website or go somewhere and find a depth chart. They had no depth chart. Gophers on the Star Tribune Saturday morning or Friday morning, you know, introduction to the game, you know, the preview of the game. No depth charts this year, first time ever. Just com- 
just a hundred names of a roster. We should not have run them, but uh, you know they they wouldn't even produce a depth chart. So he did. And the, if the NFL is looking for says being secretive, I guess he would be a good choice. Would the Lions row the boat? No, I don't. You could oh, have an NFL team row the boat. Can't, you can't do that. I, I don't think your veterans you have, would say kindly you, do it. You gotta have some standards of adulthood. I don't know who their beat writers are over there now. I don't Dave know Burke who is still there covers. Who, who, who uh, who's there? Dave Burkett, who I who? think was a one of the Detroit papers. He's been there for a long okay. time. Well, those guys, you know, if you get the if you get the twenty five year old. Kids cover the team. He might be able to schmooze them. I don't know. I I don't know how many crusty old columnists they have left to make fun of them. So I I, I don't really know. Hey, so I, hey, the Patrick. Detroit, Detroit papers aren't doing all that well. So. Yeah, Patrick. I will say this: um, Fox Sports North and Sinclair are doing you a service right now. Oh, really? Because by Those your guys. streaming service, not getting Fox Sports North. <laughs> The fact that you have not had to watch the last two Wolves games is a wow. blast. It's a Christmas present to you. They are doing you a favor right now. You know what I was – I didn't see the game, but you know how old-time basketball guys always say follow your shot? They don't – one reason they're mad at the NBA is they don't follow their shot, right? Yep. They don't go for rebounds. Well, Jared Culver – must have done a fine job of following his shot last night because he had 10 rebounds and he was 0 for 10. So I figured Jarrett would just throw it up and run in to get the rebound. <laughs> 0 for 10. Yes, yes. A, a, at what, one point in the first half, he missed back-to-back bunnies. Like he was standing right there <laughs> and he couldn't put it in the basket. I just wow. wanted to go up there and dunk it. Get the, you'll get fouled at least. Back to yeah, that. I uh, I understand Anthony looked like a world beater for about five minutes, and then he yeah, uh, lost his game too. Oh yeah, yeah. And well, and, that, I didn't realize Kawhi didn't play that last night. Nope. And they won by thirty. I mean, Cat's not playing, so. But boy, it's it's it's, it's unbelievable, isn't it? That you know. 72 hours of, hey, these guys might not be that bad. And now this. What's your Unreal. line? What's your yeah. line? Even Tim when they do the right thing, it's wrong. Right. But, but like Tim Wolves fever, right? It's absolutely cured by the Timberwolves themselves. We get to oh, the yes. fever, they, and then they, they get, cure it. They've got the antidote. They, it's their play. They get rid of it. So I... Maybe because of the pandemic and the shortened season, Ryan will survive the end. Yeah. But if this is going to become the norm, he's it's over, right? You would think so. I, I mean, he's gonna yeah. he's gonna keep saying, if I don't have cat, I really can't win. But the problem I don't have a problem with the I don't think he'll, Clippers beating I, you. I have no. a problem with getting absolutely destroyed and nobody really seeming to care all that much. The 251 to 192 were the uh, two totals in Staples Center there. So they lost by uh, 59, 
nine points there. Wow. Yeah. Boy, there's been some absolute massacres in the NBA, though, right? Miami lost by Yeah, the Bucks and 29 three-pointers if, made, 28. Yeah, if Butler doesn't, you know, they, they just – Everybody just, uh, you know, they get to the point they know they're going to make the playoffs or just mail one in and let you beat them one. These guys, their last was, you know, the Clippers lost by 51. Yep. And then they win by whatever. Yep. So the boys come home. Washington, if if fans were coming to the game, that would be kind of fun team to watch. Uh, Westbrook and Beal together. Washington should be pretty good. but They've been bad I, so know, far, though. Yeah, who's playing? Maybe they don't. They don't have any big guys. I don't know. So, yeah. This, but, but they're, hey, we've talked about this, but what are these teams going to do when 40% of their audience is screaming? Or 50%? Or you know, 40% of their audience? I don't know. What are they going to do? Uh, you know, the, there's certainly nothing happening yet. To get me to quit, quit streaming and go back to Comcast, so I, no, I don't know. No, go for no. hockey. God love him. I love you know, Moscow. I love. I'm a big fan of Moscow, but it's not going to get me to change. You know, go for hockey. So, but in the wild, you know my hockey theory. What's that? I turn it on like at the end, late first period, if I'm lucky, and if it's a one goal, if it's close, I'll watch. And then I turn it on at the end of the second period. Now, now, always when I, whenever I flip over and there and there's a power play, I watch. Okay. okay, okay. I watch the power play, and then if I get to the end of a period, there's a couple of minutes left, I'll watch. And the next period, and then the third period, I watch intently. Watch the last five minutes, if it's a two goal game or less, because the worst goal in hockey is a two goal. So I know that. I didn't know so that, I, that you had hockey viewing. I have hockey. I have I guidelines. <laughs> yeah, power plays, late periods, late in games that are close. I okay. watch. So that's my theory. But the idea of watching them go up and down for sixty minutes—that ain't happening. You're not. You don't want to watch. Uh, you don't watch Trots and Lemaire do their trap. You don't. You, that doesn't interest you for sixty minutes. <laughs> You know what? Though the the best show in town, I get to watch. I go for basketball. Right, the only one right now that yeah. yep. although, make you interested. Although, boys, most, I will say this: when the wolves start to get destroyed, Jim Pete is pretty damn good. Oh, really? Yeah, he yeah. He, he he ripped them. Yeah, he uh, he at one point last night, D'Lo put up an errant shot w- without a pass. And Jim Pete basically compared him to an AAU player. Yep. Uh, <laughs> play, you know, basically saying, ball if I, I'm his teammate. You got to move that ball a little bit, D-Lo. Uh, <laughs> Jim, Jim, Jim Pete, God bless him, has a breaking point. I feel like a lot yes. of FSN talent has no breaking point. Jim Pete's got that breaking point where you've <laughs> now pushed him too far, and he is not going to hold back. I love well, it. Well, part of part of our problem here is we got D'Lo thinking we're getting a wily veteran. No, yes. you got a you got a crazy player for you got it for Andrew Wiggins. Did you really think you were getting a stable veteran? For goodness' sake! Who, by the way, had a huge game last night. So let the talk in Golden State start about we fixed him. 
Oh, did Wiggy get? Did he have a good game? Did they really win? Good, he had a really good game. Um, I don't even they, know. They, but they won one. I know. Yeah. But, but how about Tibbs? How about Tibbs? He beat the Cavs last night. He's two and two, and he went deep last night. He played eight guys. <laughs> Fourth game of the season. Tibbs used eight guys. The hell with it. He's going to win that game. Did he really? Amazing. Well, I, I saw yeah, he played, he eight played guys. a guy 35 or 40 minutes in that game last night, which is classic. Tibbs, yeah. of course. Yeah. R.J. Barrett is uh, – is like their best player. He's the Duke kid. Good draft choice. He's going to listen. All I know is, yep. as I said on Twitter, when Tim's coach, Cat played every game. <laughs> Ever since he left, Cat's gotten hurt. All star, right, Pat? All star. Yes, right, he was an all star. Tim's made him an all star. I think those two guys had a special relationship. Do you know what Tim's is? <laughs> Tim's is consistent. Consistent. You're never going to no. be surprised by Tim's. No, because I'm sure the Knicks hired him and say, now you realize we're rebuilding here, don't you? Just, oh, yeah, I'm all in. <laughs> Until I have a chance to win a game, then leave you. We're oh, do it. Yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. I, I am <laughs> going to develop that young talent of yours. <laughs> yes, That's right. About it. Yeah. So the Warriors won 116-106 over the Pistons last night. Wiggins is lying, Patrick. 27 points. Really? <laughs> Nine of 19 from the field, five of eight on threes, seven wow. rebounds, three assists. They fixed him. I guarantee that's him. right. Wow, well, that's uh, that's and it's uh, Detroit. Yeah, he, uh, he stumbled into a couple of those games once in a while. So, uh, what was that? I had something very uh, poignant to say, and I can't remember what the hell it was. Uh, I guess we'll uh, when would our go when are our gophers in Madison? What Jersey? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. All right. Yes, sir. That, yeah. would be, that would be a big win. That, that would be, be a big Pati- win. You know what? So. Patino's impressed me. These last two games have impressed me. Yeah. Mm. Well, I hope he don't, we don't get him. I don't think they don't steal him for the NBA. Now that we're going to lose PJ, that's the biggest collection at night. Come on, fellas. I'm running down the field. Come on with me. Let's go. I, Come on. You, you would go. You would actually make a trip to Detroit to Ford Field just to see that <laughs> debacle. I know you would. Oh. Hey, uh, twins. Twins signed uh, Robles, correct? Yes, Hansel Robles. And it will make, give me an opportunity back when they had Greg Hansel. And I can't remember who the other guy that wasn't any good was. But I referred to him as Hansel and Regrettable, as the uh, the bullpen, Hansel and Regrettable. I, I've already put this guy on notice. He better get him out, else he's Hansel the Regrettable. That's, uh, that's, uh. Meanwhile, uh, the Padres have gotten Darvish and Snell, and we've, we've countered that with Hansel Robles. So it's, it's like the Padres are the only team allowed to really operate at full strength. <laughs> Everybody else was told, no, you can't. Only San Diego can. It's amazing. Damn this yeah. thing. All right, sir. Alrighty. We'll talk See to you later. later. Happy New Year. Bye. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. 
Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. 